And we'll begin at verse number 25, Matthew 14 and 25. Thank you, Jesus. It says, Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost, and they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. Now, look at me for a moment. We'll, we'll talk about this in just a second. We, we kind of introduced some of this at the end of the message last Wednesday evening. You've been given a measure of faith. I'm sorry. You've been given the measure of faith. Okay? You've been given the measure of faith, but that that measure of faith that you've been given is conditional. In other words, one of the conditions, not the gift, it's in you right now, but one of the conditions is it will not work outside of something God has said. It will not work outside of the Word of God. And so notice now, here is the Word of God. This is the Word of God made flesh speaking, and he says to Peter, come. He says to Peter, come. So you, you, you've got to have the word of God in order for the measure of faith that's inside of you to produce what the, what the measure of faith inside of you can produce. And so here it is. He says to him, come. So, uh, and Peter uh, had come down out of the boat. He walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly you are, truly you are the Son of God. Now, when we start talking about our faith, or let's, let's personalize it, if I was to say my faith, or if you were to say your faith, okay, there's nothing wrong with that. Jesus used that kind of terminology just as long as we remember where we got that faith from, okay? In other words, it's mine, but it's mine because he gave it to me. Now, if you, we won't turn there, but we see it in three of the different gospel accounts um, where a woman touched, the, she'd been sick for 12 years, and a woman touched the hem of Jesus' garment and was healed, and Jesus said to that woman, your faith made you whole. In other words, there, there was something in her that made a connection with virtue, healing power in him, and that power was released, because Jesus, remember, he said he felt it leave his body and go into hers wasn't just because she touched him because that those accounts tell us that lots of people were touching him it was a crowd of people thronging him but she made a connection with him and it was her faith that made that connection that that brought healing to her when all kinds of other sick people were touching him and they were not healed because again they were I'm not going to try to reteach all those lessons that we went through last year, but, but it was, hers was, was faith, and so Jesus acknowledged. Now, he could have said, I, I just healed you, you know, be, be happy, you know, or something, be thankful. No, no, that's not what he said. 
he said, your faith. Now, why would Jesus say to her, your faith made you whole? Because he wanted to acknowledge how it happened so that not only she would know, but that everybody standing there that day would know and that we would know that there was something in her, faith in her, that, that made that connection. Now, we come back over to our text where we see Peter walks on the water. And we know that Peter walked on that water by faith. Okay? Because when he doubted, his faith was undermined and he began to sink. So we, we can't have it both ways. And when I say we can't have it both ways, there are some who say, well, look, man, Peter was just riding the wake of Jesus' glory. You know, Jesus was out there and, um, and, and anybody could have walked on water that night if they'd have just got out of the boat because, you know, Jesus was doing it and there was just this uh, aura around him and, 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 and Peter got caught up in the moment. And, and, and no, it's, again, you can't have it both ways. If, if that's how Peter was able to walk on water, then in other words, if it wasn't his faith that enabled him to walk on water, his doubt should not have made him sink. Because his doubt made him sink, that tells us it was his faith that allowed him or enabled him to walk on the water. And so when he sank, Jesus catches him, brings him back in the boat, and Jesus even asks him the question, why did you doubt? Okay, so I'm, I'm not, I, I, I'm, I'm wanting to emphasize something tonight not to the point of confusing you, but the part that I feel like the Holy Spirit is, is, is emphasizing and breathing on and wants us to emphasize and wants us to breathe on is that Peter walked on water by faith. We asked the question last week, where did he get that faith? And the answer is he got his faith the same place everybody else gets theirs. It's, it's the measure of faith that God has given to every human being. Now, if, if that's true, and it is, when I say if, I'm just, again, connecting different thoughts together here. If the measure of faith was given to Peter, and Peter used the measure of faith to walk on water, and the measure of faith has been given to every human being, then that means you have, in you tonight, faith to walk on water. You have the substance of faith inside of you right now to do how do we know this? Because Peter had the measure of faith and he walked on water with that measure of faith. It wasn't Jesus' faith. It was Peter's faith. And Peter got his faith from the same place you got yours. Now, I know that some people say because the King James Version emphasizes the measure of faith. Like there's just one. We talked last week about the lunchroom lady and her ice cream scoop of mashed potatoes. And everybody got the same helping, right? Everybody got the same scoop. I believe that everyone was given the same measure. Now, the Bible's clear that there are things that you can do, uh, attitudes that you can have that will qualify you for more grace, right? The Bible says to the humble, he gives more grace. But you don't find where he gives them more faith. As a matter of fact, just the opposite. We see in the scriptures when people ask Jesus to give them more faith, he reminded them that a speck of faith is enough to pull a tree up from the ground by the roots. A, a, a speck of faith is, is enough um, to move a mountain into the sea. Now, I don't know how big or small the measure is, but, I mean, it sounds to me like if, 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 um, 
you know, you ever been at the end of the line and, and so when it came time for your helping, it was not a full helping? <laughs> you know, and you're like, or sometimes, you know, our local fast food restaurants, they give you half an order of fries. Don't get me started, right? You know what I'm saying? It's just like, it's like, look, I'll pay you a few more dollars. Just give me, just give me the, give me my helping, right? Give me my servant. But let's just say for a moment, let's just say for a moment that <clears throat> somehow, you know, somebody else, you only got like three quarters of the measure of faith. I mean, if you've got a grain of faith, you know, in other words, if, if, it, if it comes in the form of mashed potatoes and it's a scoop that Father puts in you, all right, this means if he just took his finger and like wiped the residue out of the ice cream scoop and then took his other finger and flicked it in you, that's enough to move Mount Everest into the Pacific Ocean. So this was what Jesus kept emphasizing when, when they, you know, give us more faith, pray that I'll have more faith. Jesus is like, you've been given the measure and that's more than enough to do, you know, anything that you will ever need doing in this life. So it's Romans 12, 3. This is where we find this measure of faith. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure, the measure of faith. So there's a lot that's being talked about here in this passage. He's telling you to have a correct self-esteem, a correct self-image, but to not think more highly of yourself than you ought. In other words, to think that you can do it by yourself or to think that somehow you know, you're able to do what you're able to do apart from God or apart from the measure of faith that he's given you. So he's, he's saying, look, you know, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and you can do all things through Christ which strengthens you, but don't get too big for your britches and think that you're doing this uh, yourself or doing this without God or doing this without faith. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit of review from last week. And last week we said, based upon this scripture, that faith is a substance that can be measured. It, 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 and I, this is, I think, key right here. Um, you, can, you can measure a, a, a teaspoon of vanilla. There's, there's, something has, in order for it, to be, for, it, for it to be able to be measured, it has to have some type of substance or measurability to it. And, and so we see then that um, faith is a substance that can be measured. Now, we often think of faith in terms of of a theory or a philosophy existing in the mind. While thoughts and thinking are key factors in the overall operation of faith in our lives, faith is first and foremost a substance. It is a spiritual substance. We said last week that faith is a substance that can be measured and it is capable of releasing a spiritual force greater than any force of nature or darkness. I think one of the most powerful forces of nature would be gravity. Notice Jesus is walking on water. What is he he actually overcoming there? He's overcoming gravity. How is he doing it? He's doing it by faith. How did Peter do it? He did it by faith. 
Now, we said last week as well that faith by any other name would still be the spiritual substance capable of releasing a force greater than any force of nature or darkness. But because the word is used in so many different ways, when when a group of people hears the word faith, if there's 14 people in the group, you could have 18 different ideas of what faith is. And we see this word again used so many ways that, that I think a lot of folks have lost sight of it as a spiritual substance that can be measured. So when the Bible says God has dealt to every man the measure of faith, one definition of the word dealt is shared. And I think that is the most appropriate definition because we see in Mark 11 where Jesus said to us, have the God kind of faith. He would never tell a group of people to have the God kind of faith if they did not have the God kind of faith inside of them. In other words, Jesus would never tell them to have something that they, it was impossible for them to have. So when he says have faith in God or have the God kind of faith, he's talking about the spiritual substance of faith that can be measured that God himself shared with them. He shared it with you and me. So God has shared with every person a measure of the spiritual substance he used to create the world. This is why we can overcome the world and everything that's in it, both natural things as well as supernatural things, by utilizing the measure of faith that we have been given. Now, I know that some of you, this may not necessarily, uh, you may not connect with this readily, um, may not appeal to you, but I want to I just kind of venture down this road just for a minute or two, okay? Um, and John Mark could probably do this better justice than myself, this younger generation, right? But I have watched enough superhero movies in my day um, to, uh, to know that there is a common storyline to most every superhero movie that you watch because in a superhero movie you've got to have a villain that is a match for the superhero you follow what i'm saying i mean you know i mean a dude with a pistol is no match for superman right so something has something has got to possess or something has got to you know empower uh, you know an average person to now be a foe an opponent to the superhero or the superhero's got to come from somewhere else you know not born of a woman you know to provide it's, it you know it would be like Mike Tyson back in in his heyday you know fighting a third grader i mean who wants to see that you know and so one of the common storylines in a superhero movie involves some substance, some object that comes from another planet or maybe it comes from another dimension. 
I haven't seen these movies, but I've, I've heard the term infinity stone. You know, which now all of a sudden we've got a substance from another world. We've got a substance from another dimension that has superhuman, supernatural ability and strength and force and power that is associated with it. And so, again, the idea is whoever possesses this substance, whoever possesses this object now is able to operate at superhuman, uh, supernatural levels of strength and ability. I'm offering to you tonight that once again, the world is ripping off the truth. Because we call it faith, the Hebrews called it immuna, the Greeks called it pistis. We're talking about something from another realm. We're talking about a substance from another dimension. We're talking about something that, that uh, is not just ancient, but we're talking about something that comes from the ancient of days himself. We're talking about the very substance that was used to create the universe. We're talking about the God kind of faith can't fall into the wrong hands right we we can't have uh, the enemies of God tapping into and and utilizing this superhuman, supernatural power. We're talking about a force that'll move mountains. We're talking about a force that'll multiply food. We're talking about a force that'll enable somebody to walk on water. We're talking about a force that'll raise a decomposing body from the dead. Right? So we can't have something this this powerful, uh, this world-altering, this this world, you know, has the power to, to literally change the course of human events. We can't have this, you know, being used in a malicious, in, in, in a vindictive way. So how then was Father God in his infinite wisdom, how was he able to give the measure of this spiritual substance that's capable of releasing a force greater than any force of nature or darkness, how was it that he was able to put this in, give this to every man? Well, because mankind has a long history of rebelling against God, because mankind has a long history of using the gifts of God in a selfish, self-serving way. I know we're adults tonight, and I, I, I really, I didn't even put this in my notes because I'm trying to get away from it, but the Lord just keeps prompting me, and so um, here we go, all right? God created sex. It's powerful. It is, it, it is, it is, it is one of the few things that affects a person on spirit, soul, and body. And so, when it came to this gift that God gave to mankind, He included many rules for its proper use. Because Father God knows what a lot of people have learned from experience. If you use it in a way that Father God did not intend for it to be used, it is not a thing of beauty. 
It is, it is not a thing of, 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 of life, but it, it becomes uh, a source of, of pain and, and misery and brokenness in, in people's lives. But when it came to gifting to us the measure of faith, he didn't just give us rules. He included conditions. And what I mean by conditions is that Father God gave us the measure of faith. Listen to me now. I'm, I'm, tr- I'm trying to show you something here. Let me, let me try it this way. For, for the not-so-interested-in-superhero-movie generation... During the days of World War II, the United States of America was not the only country trying to develop an atomic bomb. Adolf Hitler was, was trying to develop an atomic bomb. He was, man, there was, I mean, he was doing everything from witchcraft and voodoo, I mean, to, I mean, he, he was exploring any uh, avenue of warfare that he could explore. And certainly there was a race, you know, because it was pretty much figured out by now, if this bomb was going to do what everybody thought this bomb was going to do, whoever got it first was going to win. And thankfully, um, we got it first, okay? But now, watch this, and I don't want to freak you out, and you can disagree with me, we can go to heaven together, it's fine. But if God gave to every man the measure of faith, that means Adolf Hitler had in him the measure of faith. Right. He had the measure of faith. Okay. But he couldn't use this immuna, this pistis, this, this uh, infinity stone-like substance that would enable people to walk on water and move mountains and and all of this right it it wouldn't work in his heart because it will only operate in a person's life conditionally okay it'll only work conditionally this is how father god in his wisdom can give it to every man but it will only work conditionally so if the conditions aren't met Someone can have within them the measure of faith that can... You, you realize that we're, we're talking about something that caused the earth to stand still. Remember in the Old Testament? When, you know, it was starting to get dark and they were trying to finish the battle... And so it just, I know, see again, this sounds like something out of, out of Hollywood. Listen to me, please. My friend, this isn't like Hollywood. Hollywood's like this. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hijacking of, of this. And the devil is very strategic because, you know, he, 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 it's like the use of the word faith, the overuse of the word faith, the misuse of the word faith, so that... When you hear it, you don't even really know what it means. And so, even in, in, in that whole arena, you know, where it's just fantasy, my friend, what we're talking about here is not make-believe. 
What we're talking about here is not fantasy. Peter walking on the water is not something out of a, you know, 2 B.C., uh, you know, computer graphics, okay? He, that's for real. That's for real. So he gave us this measure of faith with the conditions that must be met in order for it to function in a person's life. I don't know how it is we get right here and it's time to go. Amen. So, a few more minutes, just a couple more minutes. Okay, all right. We know that the substance of faith inside every man is awakened and activated by hearing the word of God. You know, I don't, I'm not calling, recalling any specific movie or title, but, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, somebody's been using this thing from, you know, another galaxy as a paperweight. You know, they have no idea that it's, you know, <laughs> has all this ability and, you know, other dimensional uh, you know, capability, what have you. you know, it's you know, it's just something they've had on the shelf in their office. You know, that they got from their great great granddaddy, who, you know, says he was taken away by aliens, but everybody thought he was crazy or something. You know, it, it, I'm, I'm not a screenwriter for the record. Okay, but but the idea though is that, you know, for most folks. This measure of faith inside of them is like, they don't even know it's there for a lot of people. Have no idea what it's capable of doing. But now, when that substance of faith comes in the presence of the inspired, spoken word of God, you know, it's like all of a sudden the paperweight starts to shine light out of it, right? It's... In other words, the substance of faith inside a person, when, when it hears the inspired word of God, the rainbow word of God, it, 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 beco- it begins to awaken. It, it, it begins to, to activate inside of a person's heart. That's Romans 10 and 17. Faith by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So faith will only work in conjunction with the word of God. That's, that's why Adolf Hitler couldn't use it to rule the world. It'll only work in conjunction with the word of God And remember, the Word of God reveals to us the will of God. So, because faith will not work outside of what God has said, um, it, it will not work outside of what God has said, it cannot be used in a way that God does not desire. Cannot be used in a way that God does not desire. Now, the next condition is that faith, by design, will only work by love. It will only work by love. We said last week that any motive apart from love will neutralize the substance of faith and the force that it's capable of releasing. Remember, a force greater than any force of nature or darkness. This protects faith 
and the world from faith being used in a malicious, harmful, or vindictive way. Now, one day, the God who created this world by faith will judge this world by faith. That's why he said vengeance is his. Right? Vengeance is his. And I refuse to accept any version of end-time events that fails to factor in that God is love. Now, I'm not saying there's not going to be punishment. Remember, he's not willing that any should perish, and he's long-suffering to usward in hopes that more and more people will come to him and know him. Now, let me, I'm going to skip way down in my notes. I want to read um, <clears throat> Mark eleven twenty two, and then I'll pray, okay? I'll, I'm going to read it, I'm going to make a comment, and then I'm going to pray, okay? So Jesus answered and said to them, Mark chapter 11, verse 22, Have faith in God, or have the faith of God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed, be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. That, that why would a mountain move into the sea by faith? Because faith is a substance that releases a power greater than any force of nature. It, it created that mountain. Faith created that mountain. Faith created that ocean. So it, it's, not, it's not less than, it's not subject to, it's superior uh, over um, these things. Okay, but remember he's saying not that Jesus can do it, he's saying that you can do it, that I can do it. Okay? Therefore I say to you, verse 24, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Okay? But Jesus didn't go grab a hamburger and come back and then start teaching on another subject. The next words out of his mouth were, and whenever you stand praying... What's the context? Whenever you stand speaking to the mountain, whenever you stand believing that you've already received the thing that you've asked for, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. Why? Because faith that will move that mountain into the sea, it will not work in a heart that has any other motive in it other than love. So Jesus is saying, this is, this is how you do this. This is how you function in this. This is how you operate in this. But when you do operate in this, if there's anything in you against anybody else, forgive them. Forgive them. Forgive them. See, if there's unforgiveness in our hearts, it's, it's like, I mean, it's just like, I mean, it's just lock the faith down. We can't, Father God cannot allow somebody with ill intent towards another person to be operating in the power that created the universe. It's, it's off limits. I mean, it's just not going to happen. So you, the, thank you, Jesus. It's, it's, stand with me. Amen. I know I'm, amen. Are you getting anything out of this? Okay. All right. Do you see now why Jesus just, I mean, 
you know, we look at maybe some of the things he asks us to do as far as forgiving people, praying for people, blessing people who's cursing us, giving to people who's stealing from us. You, you, you think, oh man, you know, really, Jesus, are you really, are you, are you really saying do that? It, it, it's because he's trying to keep your heart pure. See, he, he knows, and the Bible unfolds a lot more about this as it unfolds, but Jesus came to this earth knowing the substance of faith, the measure of faith that's in you, what that measure will do, right? But he also knows what will lock it down and keep it from producing any results whatsoever in your life. Now, the enemy also knows that, so what is he trying to do? Faith, you're, you operating in faith are a serious threat to him, so if he can get you to try to operate outside of the Word of God or just keep you ignorant of the Word of God so you don't even know what that is and then get unforgiveness, selfishness, these kinds of ulterior motives in your heart. Father, you're good to us. We love you. Thank you for life and peace. Let everything we put our hands to the rest of this day and the rest of this week prosper for your glory. Father, help us examine ourselves. Help us judge ourselves, Lord. Not to condemn ourselves, but... Lord, you know, if we have anything against anybody, forgive them. We're forgiving them now, Father. We make a, a, a deliberate, intentional faith decision to forgive. Because, Father, we don't want our prayers to be hindered. We don't want the faith that, that we have to, to not be able to function as it in, you intend for it to function in our lives. Thank you for good things in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. A hundred times thank you for being here. For two-